coffee today and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills 90210 fans, welcome to 90210 So, Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT, and joining me as always here is my buddy Tim. Tim, how are you? JT, I am well. The last time we talked, it was Christmas time. Mm. Christmas in July. Uh, I guess now we're sort of still in the winter wonderland season here in Beverly Hills. It's hockey season, yeah. Hockey season, right? Yeah. And, and ice figure skating season. Um, so one thing I've noticed, and we don't have to get into a whole thing here, but this is what episode 19, is that right? Of, of season? Yes. Season two, two episode 19, 41 overall. Right. And, and we've got what, 28 episodes total this season, I believe. Um, it strikes me how like front end loaded this season mm-hmm. of the show is right. Because we had that summer season of like seven episodes yep. and really didn't miss a beat going into the fall. So we're up, we're up almost 20 episodes and it's just, you know, like January of 1992 here in this, this second season coming this season, right? Like I haven't we looked do. ahead, but from my memory, yeah. we get some big, like we've talked about how much they've slow burned Dylan and Brenda made them the happy couple for most of the season, but we're about to hit some rocky, yeah. rocky terrain soon with them. So, yeah, we, we've got a lot left to cover. So, as like I said, as front-end loaded as it has felt, we don't really have a lot of time left, I feel like, for the, the story that we're going to be getting into. So, I'm interested to see how maybe they, they balance these remaining episodes. But that remains to be seen. For sure. And we'll cover what this one uh, has to, to bring us within the construct of that journey as we talk about in a minute. But before we do that, we have a debuting guest here tonight, Tim. Mm. He is uh, the host of A La Carte over on the North-South Connection Podcast Network. And you can hear him pretty much on every other podcast across all of our networks at this point. Uh, But he is our good friend, our close, longtime personal friend, Mr. Keith Langston. Keith, how are you? Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, Yeah, I am the resident whore of the uh, (laughs) North-South Connection, I feel like. So what's going on? Not too much. We're excited to have you here talking to Nano Two and O. And sure. what we always do when we have a new guest on Keith is we ask you in about a minute or less, two minutes or so, uh, tell us your history with the show. Are you a fan, a longtime fan? Have you never seen it before? Do you hate it? Like, where, where do you stand with this show? Uh, so Nano Two and O was kind of. I, I I feel like I was almost like a little too young when it first premiered. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it wasn't like uh, you know appointment television for me. Uh, my brother and his friends watched it every every week, like religiously. And I I kind of I'm like in that sweet spot almost where it's like I missed that, and then I was almost too old to watch like Party of Five. So mm-hmm. I never really got into the into the the uh, the, the drama. Ah, I could give a shit less about Dawson's <laughs> Creek, you know. But I mean, if I was gonna if I was gonna pick a show, one of those to go back and rewatch, I probably would go with Nine Hundred Two and Zero because mm-hmm. I feel like it was, I mean, kind of the original. You know, it's almost well, like uh, I think watching. Like, 
I think pop culture-wise, too, it's more in your, like, wheelhouse of when you're growing up. Like, so I think... Exactly, yeah. Especially if you watch Mm -hmm. it with, you know, on streaming, obviously, we've talked about this, but a big part of the show is they cut a lot of the music out because all the constantly used real songs, right, in all these episodes. So that's always been a complaint with this on DVD, streaming, etc. The songs are not there, but there are ways to find it. So I would recommend... You work with Mr. Capel here, and if you ever need to, oh, yeah. if you ever want to go back and watch it, find ways to find oh, the episodes nice. that, that come right. with the original yeah. music, because much like sure. ECW, it adds a lot of extra. Uh, we, we have ways around these, these mm-hmm. Keith. That's, that's what uh, I Okay. Well, I did find that the, I did find the generic, I guess, overdubs on the mm-hmm. uh, Amazon Prime video watching of this so that makes that makes more sense now it's like, yes, at least it's not that, at least it's not that ravishing rick rude overdub music <laughs> yes. that they put that they plug into everything so that works Oof. uh at the end we will talk about a few of the real songs that are on the show so we'll get there mm-hmm. um, all right so why don't we go ahead and dive in then and we are talking like you said earlier tim season two episode 19 fire and ice debuted january 9th 1992 so yes yeah, so we are still in the winter uh about three weeks after our last episode and and then we have another break in between for our next one this got a 19.6 which i would say that held fairly well like the chucky episode had an mm-hmm. 18.2 we bumped for christmas at a 22.6 and now we're at a 19.6 so i think they actually retained a good piece of the audience on the christmas episode yeah yeah not bad i guess that's where it does benefit them not taking that kind of mid-season mm-hmm. break as some shows do um, you, you do get to hang on to that momentum. If you do uh, manage to snag a few more uh, viewers than you might expect, especially for an episode like this. Um, although I, I'll be curious if, if that number kind of holds for next week, right? Cause it's, right. it's always very telling. Um, you know, your, your viewership is maybe, as I've said in the past, more of a commentary on the last show you mm-hmm. watched, not the show you're watching now. Well, um, and the thing is, like, we're down big from My Desperate Valentine, right? But but we knew that. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at where this is compared to others, though, again, it's in line. Like, the the yes. one where Scott died was at a 22-3. So it's not significantly higher. Um, this is higher than Halloween. It's right about in line with Euphoria. So, like, it's it's in the realm yeah, of, like, pretty good outings. And actually, Valentine, we don't yeah, much, yeah. Yeah, Valentine was just a, a gigantic outlier. Mm-hmm. Um for reasons we yeah. didn't probably can't entirely pinpoint at this in this day and age. Right. But um, you're right. The numbers have been pretty consistent and consistently healthy this season. Mm-hmm. So that, that seems to be the story of the ratings. Now I will say this, I'm actually a little surprised uh, because when you watch this episode, right. And we're going to get into what it's about, but fire and ice Brandon with a figure skater. I thought for sure they were inspired by the cutting edge, <laughs> but Oh, okay. Yeah. The, yeah. the cutting edge comes out in March. So huh. that hadn't even come out yet. So they're actually ahead of that. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. Cause that wasn't totally on my right. Ra- that wouldn't have been a movie that, you know, but I, I am, I am familiar with the, the film and I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, yeah, that that the, makes a lot of sense. But that was literally the first thing I wrote down was I wrote 90210, the cutting edge movie. Huh. So they actually <laughs> beat them to the punch with the the figure skater career. I, I want a real life, but I'm stuck as a figure skater storyline kind of thing. I actually I actually thought it was more reminiscent of that because, you know, Brandon's 
skating for hockey and then he runs into this yeah. figure skater and well, i mean jesus gabriel anwar even kind of looks like uh mm-hmm. Maura kelly you know well and it yeah in the fact that like I, I mean i know they've established brandon's kind of into hockey you know being from minnesota but since when has he been like a hockey player or a hockey stud on the show that yeah sort of feels like that comes out of nowhere the type of thing that you know might be a response to something mm-hmm. in popular culture and yet can't be well, if and the thing too is uh, the doug in the cutting edge is from minnesota <laughs> like obviously oh, i mean that's every that's hockey right. movie mighty ducks do it yeah, but it's still sure, it's like sure. it's crazy so I, I mean we know the cutting edge didn't take it from this because obviously if it came out of march it was done by there, january yeah, no way um, god that's crazy yeah the timing's funny so i don't know maybe they knew cutting edge was coming and they got, did an episode mm-hmm. about it but again we know brandon's a hockey person from minnesota so i guess it, it's it's not that crazy of a of an idea, but it's just the timing to me was funny. Yeah, I uh, almost want to see like who who did the screenplay for Cutting Edge. Like, is it anybody associated with this show right. in any way, um, shape, or form? Well, the writer for that was Tony Gilroy. I just looked that up. Okay, but um, mm-hmm. well, I, you know, the other thing I want to point out is that um, and and this is kind of like this is kind of like one of the awards that I gave at the end. So I kind of I won't say it altogether, but um. Hockey, figure skating was a big 90s thing you know and i think oh that, yeah yeah and mm-hmm. i think that this in particular because don't forget they had the 92 olympics and then they switched to the 94 mm-hmm. so this is mm-hmm. this is this even came out before i mean the 92 olympics would have probably been in like february so even this yeah is like, so they were yeah, just like gearing a, up for it so that would make sense if yeah, they were trying they, to tie yeah. into that yeah they switched yeah. the schedule yep mm-hmm. yeah so i mean i think that that's more that probably is more of a, you know, a driving force as opposed to it being like a related to the cutting edge. Although you never know, they were probably filming the cutting edge in like early 91 and they thought, eh, you know what, let's do a freaking, let's do a show about this too. <laughs> let's do an episode. Yeah, I think you're right. I think just the, the figure skating was as big at the time. I, and yeah. I, I wasn't even thinking how the Olympics were right there. Um, of course, 94 would be a very big uh, mm-hmm. hockey in the, in the, zeitgeist of pop culture uh, during the olympics at the whole nancy kerrigan and all that so uh yeah. but yeah okay well that makes sense and they, they probably were doing it to get ahead of the olympics and knowing like interest would be high in hockey and skating and stuff like that so yeah all right why don't we go to dive into the episode we're at the rink for hockey practice and i'm gonna be honest with you tim We've had so many damn dream sequences on the show. I thought this was one to start because okay. I'm like, Dylan's playing, Steve's a goalie, Jim mm-hmm. is coaching. Like, it felt like Brandon was dreaming of, like, being a star hockey player or something with his friends. <laughs> because, like, I, like, why are Dylan and Steve suddenly on the hockey team? Right. Um, but I guess so. I guess I got his friends to try out. So, uh, Brandon and Dylan are opposite teams during this practice. Jim's coaching. Steve, Steve is the goalie. Uh, Brandon scores on him. G- Jim kind of makes a crack. Like I thought you said, Steve, or he says this guy, like I'm always back and forth on how friendly the Walshers are with the friends at this point. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't acknowledge him as Steve. He was like, I thought you said this guy could skate. Like it's yeah. fucking Steve. Like, yeah, your loser friend. What's, yeah. what's the deal with this guy? He's at your house all the time, Jim. What do we mean? This guy, uh, <laughs> Dylan's kind of, and yeah, go to you. I was going to say, and then Brand- Brandon goes, Brandon pulls the old uh, millhouse. We could just tie him to like the ring post. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna millhouse him. 
or even uh, Goldberg and Mighty Ducks. Where did they do that? Right, when, did Goldberg, that come, yeah. no, when did that come out? That, was, that had to be like 93, 94, right? God, I, was, it even, was it 92? Yeah, 90, um, oh, 92. Uh, hang on, October 92. So it's a big yeah. year for hockey wow. content. 92 is a huge year for hockey and yeah. for skating. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was around there because the, uh, the North Stars are still in Minnesota in the movie, and I think they move in like '93 um, to Dallas. But uh, all right, so Jim kind of busts up Brandon about that. Dylan's into it. Steve's kind of cackling mess about how hard it is to skate. I was waiting for like Moody Steve, like emo Steve, about sucking, but he was kind of laughing it off. Um, <laughs> the practice ends. We see some figure skaters come on the ice. Uh, one attractive young lady kind of catches Brandon in Steve's eyes. Uh, but Brandon's already kind of judging her. She's like, oh, he's like, every ice rink has the resident prima donna figure skater. And this must be her. She comes flying by and basically knocks Steve and Brandon over uh, with her speed. Brandon's bleeding. Uh, and he talks a little bit of shit. And they kind of go back and forth. They make jabs about figure skating versus hockey. And she challenges Brandon to a six-lap race. So everyone's as you would do in the '90s. Everyone settles as, in to watch the big as race. As you did, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do their six laps, and they finish in a tie. Uh, Brandon's a little gassed, and they flirt a little bit. Overcomes a skating coach, Mister uh, Kapinski, I believe was his name, and yeah. he is upset about the uh, condition of the ice. He thinks this is a big injury risk for who we find out to be named Trisha. And we uh, discover that she's practicing for the U.S. Nationals finals. So this is her chance to potentially go to the Olympics in 1992. Uh, so she's got a big night ahead. She's got practice of all, all sorts. And she tells Brandon uh, she's on the ice every morning at 5 a.m. So if he's looking for a rematch ever, that's where you can find her. We go to the Walsh house. Brenda's putting makeup on Cindy. She's trying to sell her on buying some. Cindy's kind of, uh, I would say humoring her, but doesn't seem super interested. Jim and Brandon come back. They're excited about hockey. They know sell Cindy's makeup. Brandon, uh, we cut to the next morning. Brandon's up at 5 a.m. He goes to the rink. We find Trisha stretching. They flirt a little bit more. They talk about her routine. She says this is her favorite part of the day because she can just be herself and be alone. And Brandon's like, oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted. She was like, no, I would love to share my free time with you. <laughs> Trisha gets a little sad. She talks about the pressure she's under. Brandon says, maybe you need a date. And she said she would love to, but Coach K Kapinski won't necessarily go for it. Brandon says, hey, we could just ask him. But she says, don't even bother. So in come the rest of her team and the staff, and she asks if he'll stay and watch practice. We get a montage of the practice. A building manager comes over. We find out his name's Sally. At first, I couldn't tell if it was if it was Trisha's dad, mm. part of his her team. Like it wasn't really clear, but I think we found out later that he manages the rink. Uh, he he mixes a brand for a guy delivering a vending machine. Uh, they talk a little bit about Trisha. Sally calls her fire and ice and says that Coach Capinzi usually throws a fit when he sees someone watching. Trisha's workout and that everyone down on the ice right now is only there because they want a piece of team Trisha Keith. So what did you think of these first couple of scenes? Um, I was very excited that the name of the title was uh, in the first 10 minutes of the episode. <laughs> yes. So I was like, <laughs> I, wrote fire and ice. That up for I was like, I was like nine forty, fire and ice. There it is. You know, they said it. So I was all excited. Um, I thought that guy was her dad too. And I was like, Oh, it is funny how like later in the episode, he, he says something about, he goes, hey, Sally. Brandon's like, hey, Sally. So it's like, it, it, clearly he seemed like he was on a first-name basis with him. So I thought it was well, kind of weird. That he, well, I think after this. A, uh, you know, yeah. Well, I think after this, they become, 
it's like, oh, Brandon's at the rink every day now, so he's gotten to know Sally. Like, mm-hmm. I think they try and escalate it to where like he's a regular at the practices. So he's like, hey, oh, Sally, okay. what's up? You know, he's... well, because well, because I mean, I would imagine that he was there a lot to begin with, because isn't he supposed to be a star hockey player? <laughs> so <laughs> you know, well, I guess not on Sally's radar because Sal yeah, mixes them up for every man. But the yeah. um, the thing you mentioned too about uh, thinking it's her dad is because he says something weird, like. That's, That's my girl. baby girl, or so. Like yeah. the way he says yeah. it is like it yeah. seems like it would something like a dad would say. And I was like, oh, okay. And I mean, it makes sense. Like, you know, he's there working. He's the janitor at the uh, at the ice rink, so that she can get the free time mm-hmm. and she can get in right early, bright and early. I mean, that's usually mm-hmm. how it yeah. goes. Although yeah. it it ends up being explained later on why she's you right. know got the uh, the backing of the coach there or whatever. So it makes more sense then. I guess. You, think, you know, um, I um, before we had the uh, the discussion about um, you know the, how coincidental the the plot of this episode really is, I was thinking I had a different theory that um, oh, this entire episode exists. Okay, so bear bear with me here. Jason Priestley has what appears to be a gigantic cold sore on his upper <laughs> lip. I, you know, I, I don't know how prevalent this maybe would have been back in 1992 standard definition television, but it sure pops in HD. That's, <laughs> that's all I could say. And I think that maybe possibly they did this episode as, I don't know how fast they can throw this type of thing together. Right. But Maybe this is like an excuse for him to get kind of banged up, you know, as, as like a hockey player. Because he does get sort of mm-hmm. messed up at the beginning of the episode. He gets knocked around a bit. So he looks sort of gnarly, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Mm. And uh, maybe they just wanted to, you know, create a reason for that. So it wasn't an otherwise normal, like, school-based episode. And he's walking around with this big, gross cold sore. I, you know, I don't know. Um but it just I don't, that was one of the things that really struck me here that I guess that's the type of thing that would happen when you're just week after week churning these these shows out. Right. right. I mean, shit's going to happen that you can't necessarily control for. And uh, cold sores are one of them. So mm-hmm. not that I'm shaming anybody. I just think maybe they <laughs> were riding around a real life thing that <laughs> couldn't be helped. But um. I, I do like also your your interpretation that this opening scene was a dream, uh, JT. That was that would have been something, but uh, it definitely felt like it. It really, yeah, I thought for sure it was going to be him dreaming. We've seen a lot weirder, right, with this show. Um, but my only other note is uh, that Dylan should never never play contact sports. He, he just it's not cool for him, right? Well, it it's funny because we've seen much more like attempts at, at athletic stuff for Dylan that I would have thought, like we knew he was a surfer. Yes. Yes. Which is fine. Well, he was on the baseball team, right? <laughs> now yeah, he's that, on the hockey team. Yeah. We so, can't be having that. Yeah. yeah. I just, I didn't realize like that Dylan, they did this with him where they had him be like kind of athletic. I thought he was always just like kind of the cool guy that didn't mm-hmm. play sports, you know? Yeah. He needs to be limited to like darts and, mm. and billiards. You Card. Know? And yeah. Pool, surfing and darts. Yes. Yeah. Card. Yes. Yeah. Darts. <laughs> Darts. Uh, yeah. All right. Brenda's up early. She's talking to Cindy. She's having a power breakfast with Deirdre today. Uh, mm-hmm. We learned last episode Deirdre's the manager. 
at uh, the store that Brenda's working at. We finally yes, get the name of the seasonal. store today. Uh-huh. We? We'll find out in a minute. It's not Nitro. It is not Nitro, sadly. <laughs> uh, Deandra apparently told Brenda she can be a star salesperson. We cut to the breakfast, and Deandra's surprised that Brenda can only sell $20 worth of product to her own mom. And Deandra kind of critiques Cindy's style. Brenda says she's only supporting her because she's trying to buy a car. Deidre gives her sales tips, how to make sales, and even kind of slips in a joke about sleeping with customers that she then is like, no, I'm only kidding. But I don't know. I, I definitely get the vibe that Deirdre has maybe uh, made a couple extra sales more than she would have otherwise, based on what she says there. Uh, but she does think Brenda has the natural instinct to be a star salesperson. We're over at the Ice Dome. Uh, Coach K comes over, chops it up with Brandon. They talk skating versus hockey. And Kapinski's a, he's a smooth operator here. He kind of slides in that this is Trisha's worst practice in a while and basically tells Brandon, you got to go. He says Trisha's vulnerable and could be world-class, but she's a naive little girl and she needs full focus with no distractions. Brandon says it'd be easy for him to just walk away and never come back. Kapinski would be happy, but Trisha invited him and maybe he's overstepping, but he thinks someone should ask Trisha what she wants. And, and uh, Kapinski gives him a little... Smug smile, like you ain't the first guy to come around, B. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, we find out the name of the store finally is Tracy Ross. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, we're over at Tracy yeah. Ross. Brenda's trying to make a sale to Kelly and Donna. They've been there for an hour. Kelly is shocked that the perfume Donna likes is $190. So they're a no-go on that. Deidre kind of gives Brenda a glance. We cut back to the Walsh house where Brandon's getting home from uh, from either the rank or work or somewhere. He asked Brenda why she's home uh, because he came to pick her up and she wasn't there. She goes, sorry, I zoned out. I walked home and here I am eating ice cream. Brenda's on her th- uh, third. I'm sorry. Second bowl of three scoops. Uh, it says mm-hmm. she only made a dollar ninety five in commissions. She complains about the customer. She says Deidre's making sales. Brenda says Jim and Cindy did their best, but didn't teach them how to succeed in the real world. They're too nice. And Brandon agrees. He sees Trisha's determination, and he got lazy with his skating. And instead of pushing them and giving him some formal training, he just kind of gave up. Brandon says they should work on it, make up for lost time, and find a competitive edge and a killer instinct and maybe some more ice cream. We go back to the ice dome. Coach K (laughs) is pushing Trisha on the ice. Uh, Brandon is aggressively cheering her on. She's all smiles, and Kapinski gives him a death stare. Uh, we go to the over to Tracy Ross. Deidre wants to close up early. She says it's a slow Thursday, but in comes David Silver. Deidre kind of picks him apart, basically calls him a mark, and uh, pushes Brenda to go make a sale. Brenda goes over, and David said he forgot Donna's birthday, even though she complained. However, always forgets it because it's Christmas. He uh, he also forgot it, but he wants to make it up to her. Brenda pushes the perfume on him. She says Donna flipped over it. She loved it. She really hard sells him. David hears the price and stammers, but she pushes more and more and uh, kind of plays on David's interest in Donna to close the sale, Tim. Um, so what do you yeah. think of this little Gloria scene here back and forth from the dome to the store? Um, I, I think the problem with this episode, as it's being revealed to us, is it's really hard to get invested in any of these conflicts um, mm-hmm. for our characters. Like, you know, Brandon and Brenda's hang up throughout their, you know, separate storylines as is being explored here is apparently they um, take issue with how Jim and Cindy, their boomer parents, raised them, these rich... 1992 high school students who 
whose biggest problem is they're just too nice. And I guess they yeah. have it too easy. It's like, really, show? This is what we're doing in our second mm-hmm. season? Um, and it's just, I don't know. I thought that the, in the early goings, I thought that the Brenda storyline was going to turn turn into one of those, like, she's selling product for, like, an Avon or Mary Kay, like, early 90s pyramid scheme type. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that's where they were going to take it. But, no, she's still got this seasonal job. So we're bringing back uh, Deirdre, who we didn't see a whole lot of, I guess, in the previous episode where she got the job. But now, like, Brenda's biggest gripe is whether or not she's good at sales. Like, since when does she give a shit about, like, her aspirations have always been, oh, I'm going to be an actress or whatever, right? right? Like, she, to the extent that we've even really gone there with her, and it's just... I, like, why would she care about this? Why, well, I think it's more she that really... she's like, A, wants a car, so she's kind of motivated. Yeah. Um, and then B, I think, like, she is always a little starstruck when someone, like, pumps that her up. True. And I think she's just like, I think she looked at it as a way to make money. But all of a sudden, Deidre's in her ear and, like, hyping her up. And Brenda's thing has always been, too, that she's, like, an independent woman, right? And can do her mm. own thing. And I think Deirdre's playing on that a little bit, right? Like, you could have independence and be a strong woman. Right? Even back to the one where she moved out and all that. Remember, she, whatever. The oh, God. Or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, I think that's always been something she falls for a little bit. So I think Deirdre's kind of feeding into that. Like, oh, you could be I a guess. great saleswoman. Yeah. You could be a, a success. You could be your own woman and pay your own car bills. And like, mm-hmm. I think she's like almost, it's more that than like into sales, being a saleswoman. I guess it's more the, the abruptness of it. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is, it's not like this is a, a storyline we've been following in the background for several episodes. And there's been a buildup. It's like, she just got this job right. in our last episode where we didn't really see her doing very much or giving much of a shit one way or another. And now like, this is our whole B plot for the episode. It's just like, really? Come on. Um, and with Brandon, it's like, boy, have we been here before, right? Remember mm-hmm. when he was dating the actress in the first season and then the single mom also in the first season. And like, he always gets involved in these, you know, difficult, these circumstantially difficult relationships and tries to press forward and, you know, oh, we're going to root for them and hope they overcome their issues. And of course they never do because we're not going to give Brandon a steady girlfriend. (laughs) It's like, we know how this is going to end already. So. Well, and everyone is like the one for him. It's it's like, this was the love of his life. The last one was the love. The mom was the love of his life. You know, it's like everyone is like the next big one for him. Yeah. I mean, fool me once. Come on. I I did find it funny that he like, he did seem to go full bore into like being with this girl after Mm -hmm. having one you know skate off with her so i thought that was Mm -hmm. kind of interesting like right away he's like hey you know and then um i can't wait till we get to their date because i had some thoughts on that you know (laughs) it's just you know like come on i get it he's high school high school kids you fall fast i mean whatever you know i mean like it's whatever and i could see like it's captivating and she's it's almost like he's more attracted to like the motivation of her like what she's doing yeah like is what like brings it out of yeah because he kind of because i think he he sees a lot of him and what he was or what he could have been or could have been yeah Mm -hmm. 
All right. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to care about any of that. <laughs> no, I know. Well, this is like part of the, I mean, maybe for Keithy, it's like, because he isn't as in on the show, um, doesn't have like the lens that we have, uh, Tim, right? Like, we know this is going yes. nowhere. Yeah. Like, so it's us. It's, it's, in it's, some ways, yeah, this is a good kind of, um, just capsule episode. I won't yeah. say it's a bottle episode, right? This no, one. I mean for us, it's like... use, but it's it's a one-off. It's like it's kind of a good if you're just going to check in on this show, doing a throwaway story. I mean, as well, for me and you, who, it's an obvious filler. Yes, right away. Yeah. We do it within ten seconds. It's a filler, right? I mean, like so. Um, so that kind of hurts us sometimes watching these, like that we know yes. this is going nowhere. If, if, if it had opened as a dream sequence, would you think it was more? <laughs> Like more, more paramount to the. As soon as I saw Dylan on skates, I'm like, okay, this is a dream. Um, It's gotta be. There's no way he's on skates. All right, we go back to the ice dome. Coach K is talking about Trisha's dress needing alterations. Says he's gonna go do that, then come back and pick up Trisha. But Brandon says he can take her home instead. Coach gives in. He tells her to do 30 minutes of warm downs, and then Brandon is to take her right home, nowhere else. Mm -hmm. And they agree Mm -hmm. on that. Brandon kind of shit talks coach a little bit. And Trisha explains that she moved in with him and his wife because there's not many other uh, skating coaches in Fort Worth, Texas, where she's from her family visits when they can, but everyone's already given up a lot for her career, travel costs, rink time. And she says she wants to quit all the time. Brandon credits her motivation and how he wasted his life. But she says, there's no way you wasted anything. It's a normal life. She's never even been on a date, been to a real school and everyone's future rides on her success. Brandon says, what happens when skating's over? She kind of makes jokes about going to law school. Uh, She then asks Brandon where he would be if he wasn't here. And, of course, we cut to the peach pit. Uh, David has given Donna the perfume and says, don't worry, I didn't forget your birthday like everyone else did, even though he did. Donna's shocked that he spent that much, and David says she's worth it. Kelly immediately pulls Brenda aside about the sale, but she says Donna and David are happy, so what's the problem? Dylan says, what's her problem to Kelly? He almost came out of nowhere. I don't know where he's just like standing there. <clears throat> and he's like, what's her problem mm. about Kelly? Uh, and basically, um, you know, Kelly says like, whatever, like doesn't really get much of an answer. Just kind of gives. I it, think it, it's it, just it, it, Kelly yeah. realizes that Brenda totally hustled. Yes, David. Yeah. I mean, Dylan has no idea that that's what's going on. And, um, I don't know. I kind of was on Kelly's side here because mm-hmm. for once she's sort of taking, she's kind of got David's back, which you would yeah, hope yeah. that becomes more the direction of their relationship as their families grow closer. Well, and we've seen a lot with Kelly too, <laughs> is that she's Beverly Hills streetwise, right? So like there's yes. a lot of things that Brenda does or whoever Brandon does that she picks up on ahead of everyone else because she, she mm-hmm. just grew up fast in this world, mm-hmm. right? So she knows these fancy stores have these hustlers that try and, you know, rip you off and sell you, sell you stuff. But, yep. um, so Brendan's gushing out the power sales. Brandon and Trisha come into the pit. He introduces her to the gang. She kind of makes a crack about Steve, uh, looking different when he's standing up and Dylan cracks up laughing. He does this like really funny laugh. He's like, ah, <laughs> like when he, he does it. Um, might've been Brandon, Brandon says he's going to get Trisha home. Uh, she invites them all to nationals, the tryouts on Saturday. And Brenda stops them, of course, and tries to sell Trisha some leotards. And Brandon just gives her a look. Uh, Dylan tells Kelly, it's a new era. And Kelly says, you haven't seen anything yet. So, again, I I found this to be a double-edged little scene. Because you get, obviously the intent is Dylan saying it's a new era that Brenda is like a big salesperson. And Kelly's like, you haven't seen nothing yet. Meaning it's only going to get worse. 
But I thought it was interesting again that we get a little little sidebar with these two. With a, it's almost exchange. like a little wink yeah. wink. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I thought the same thing. It's like very telling that they give these two that exchange, right? Yeah. I don't know. It, if it's on the face of it, but... it's almost like, well, what are they talking about? Right? It's sort of like, what does that mean? Why are they even saying this? And it's mm-hmm. it does sort of feel like in hindsight, oh, it makes all the sense in the world for those two to be right. <laughs> saying this. So with all due respect to Keith, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you made of this, my friend, but um, yeah, that that little exchange stood out to me as well. And um, I mean, my the only, the only thing I thought of is just like, man, they're really shitting on poor Do- uh, Brenda because she wants to just work. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not her fault that you know he he bought the hundred and ninety dollar bottle also, of perfume. Uh, you know, one thing I'll say is they, they got money. You know what I mean? So it's not like David is on, yeah. like he's working hard. He's scraping he's his wealth, pennies yeah. together. I mean, he's he's got divorced parents. His dad is loaded and has a lot of guilt. So it's like, I think he can drop the one ninety on the perfume and, and not be hurting. You know what I mean? I mean, isn't isn't the isn't the biggest thing is to make sure that Donna Martin doesn't. You know, I know she's supposed to graduate, but like, isn't the biggest <laughs> thing with Donna Martin is that like she feels important because her. I mean, I know somebody whose birthday is on Christmas, and yeah, they always feel like they're slighted. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that was, I think, a big deal, you know, to make sure that, uh, you know, she felt good about herself. So what, what was the problem there? <laughs> I mean, she she did. It's it's true. I mean, it's, it's not like Brenda was telling a lie when she sold him the right. perfume. She was all about it. Um, yeah, she yeah, was happy. She and David was happy that she was happy and whatever. David's got I the think, money. You know, it's 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 not even so much about like, hey, this isn't gonna set anybody back financially. It's more like Kelly Kelly right towards Brenda yeah. being like, How dare you treat us like that? You yeah, know, I like, think that's more what it was. That you it's one thing to hustle David's, some other yeah, yeah, some some random Rare. again. It's uh, yes, at the end of the day, it's a victimless crime, but couldn't you pick a different mark than like one of your supposed friends? Like way to having go. Not, having not been a, a devotee of this show, it's there. It very much seemed that Kelly was like, there's that ongoing Kelly doesn't like Brenda. And this is what I'm going to harp on the entire time. You know, mm-hmm. any they've opportunity to shit on conflict. Brenda. Yeah. They, yeah. They've had a little, I don't know if it's fully that. I think it's more again, that she sees Brenda, Brenda slips into the stuff that Kelly knows is just not going to end well. But Brenda's mm-hmm. so headstrong that she doesn't listen to her. It's almost like mm-hmm. that's more of what mm-hmm. it is. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, again, I think she's just like upset. Like she's using her knowledge of David's being super into Donna to pry on him and make the sale. So, so Kelly's the Kelly's the real voice of reason throughout. This uh, on this show. one, maybe, maybe this one. <laughs> yeah that that would be a controversial statement i think on the whole (laughs) um but at this point in the show she kind of has been like through Mm -hmm. she's been portrayed as a very very street smart character who Mm -hmm. to your point jt is kind of wise beyond her years and picks up on things um much quicker than than her friends and the you know surrounding uh cast members like it it's it's definitely been something that they have emphasized with her character and you know she she has her she definitely has a value system that may be a little bit different from you know the the walshes these these imports from minnesota but um in their own way like 
that's what they've had conflict over just sort of the the lifestyle cultural clash kind of things um but they've been tight as friends up to this point so and, and we're gonna see that um unfold in a big way let's just say by the end of the season all right, we're at the tryouts for Nationals on the weekend here. David says, Trish is doing great, but Brandon showing again that he's been at more practices and picking up on stuff. He's like, oh, she's a little loose on the double axle. <laughs> was, I, I was like, he's already a judge. Yep. Yeah. I would only give her a point five on that yeah, axle. Deducting points, yeah. yeah. Look at well, it's yeah. typical Brandon, right? He's like, goes all in, a student yeah. at, at heart. Uh, the whole gang is there cheering her on. Dylan says, Brenda... Uh, decided it would be a better career move to stay at work and do inventory or Deirdre than, than to come hang out. Steve says, Trisha isn't doing great in the short program, but has a shot to pull it out. So he's in on it too. Uh, Trisha falls trying to do the double axle. Coach yeah. K is not happy. No. After the tell. showcase, Trisha says she couldn't feel the ice. And Coach says, it's okay. You're entitled to a bad day. But sorry, dear. You finished fifth and your season is over. <laughs> he says, you can go home to Texas and spend some time with your family. And consider if you want to gear up for 94 or not. Uh, I just thought Coach K handled this a little bit better than I expected him to. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I thought he was going to, like, flip out on her. He does kind of dismiss her. So I thought that was maybe the other approach they were going to take is that, mm-hmm. okay, well, you're useless now to me. So see ya. Um, yeah. They kind of shoot the gap in the middle. I will say I mentioned, mentioned this earlier as well. When, he, when she says that she lives with them, I thought we were going to get like it, it maybe modern day yeah. would get this, you know, yeah. the assault storyline, right? That he took. Oh my god! I said he. I wrote down. I was like, he's giving off crazy rapey vibes. Like, yeah, and well, that's it's why such I thought a, he was. You know, it's such a thing too in that community. Um, gymnastics, like skating, right? Yeah. Like the the groomer, coach, or whatever. So mm-hmm. I thought that's where we were headed at first as well, too, when we first met this guy. But I don't think that was as big of a thing at this point. I'm glad we didn't go there no 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 me too yeah i'm glad it didn't turn into that type of episode because that detail did come out pretty early in Mm -hmm. in this um in our runtime here and i kind of had the same i was like i don't think they do that but it's it is awfully weird that that would come up but i guess it's just another way of differentiating how unusual her life is in comparison to everyone else um Mm. And again, like he is, the coach is mm-hmm. set up to be this big source of conflict and they're, they're right. presenting this, this kind of, and they do it in a cute way, right? She's the, she's the, uh, the, the ballerina, almost the figure skater and mm-hmm. Brandon is the, the hockey player stud and, and they're mm-hmm. doing this like star crossed romance thing. Um, like they're Romeo and Juliet or something. And well, I think it's like, I think him being a heel is almost a tease. Right. Um, because they do that, they early, don't like, lean into it, yeah, right. And then at the end, as we'll see, we we just find out that she she just really wants it, right? So like, I think we're just it, that was just meant to be a red herring that he was the one pushing mm-hmm. her, but at the end of the day, it's just not true. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll it's get her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Brandon blames himself. He says Coach K called him a distraction. Trisha says it's not his fault. And hey, you know what? We can go on our date. And he gives her a hug. Uh, we go back to the Walsh house. Brenda's putting makeup on Cindy. She's not a fan. Brandon basically tells her to lay the fuck off. Brandon gives Brenda some shit about saying whatever she wants to make sales. She says Deirdre warned her that people would be turned off by her being a strong woman with a goal. And Trisha's just like she is. 
Brenda says Trisha stopped. Uh, Brenda says Trisha stopping by school today. And Brenda says that she liked the leotards, but Brenda just stares at her. Um, so Brenda always working the angle at this point. Uh, Brandon brings Trisha by the Beverly Blaze and Andrea Starstruck. She's a big ice uh, figure skating fan. Andrea reveals that. She knows exactly who she is. And she's like, good job. Uh, it's a great interview. And Brandon says, no, it's actually a date. And as usual, Andrea turns her uh, smile into a frown. And, uh, you know, and then Brandon, he's, I, I don't know. He's, I, I feel like he's just always trying to be nice because he feels bad, but it's also a little oblivious. He invites her to come to lunch with him. Like, Trisha has been talking about how she's never been on a date. It's her first date yeah. ever. And uh, why would Andrea want to go with them on the date? Like, it's a, it's a stupid Hey, you want to play third wheel to this girl's first date? Like, <laughs> it's a bad. What one. are you doing? Um, but Andrea's quick tone sh- shift is like one of the few consistent storyline ev- evolutions here in this episode. Uh, yeah. All right, so Brandon brings Trisha by the gang. Uh, they all kind of share their condolences about Saturday. Trisha says she's got some time. She's going to decide if she wants to go back at it for '94. She talks about growing up in a bubble. Donna wants to buy her Twinkie, and they all kind of load up on different junk food. Like, oh, let's get this, let's get that. Donna suggests gum <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Brandon says there's one food that can cover it all, and he does a big time like uh, Animal House level speech about a burrito uh, to sell her on the burrito. We cut to a taco truck, and she's ready to crush his burrito. And says once she eats it, nothing's gonna fit anymore. So that's it. Is uh, a bur- is is burritos like an ongoing thing? No. The way he I was explaining it, it. Okay, because the way he was talking about like you can eat its own packaging, I'm like, mm-hmm. it's pizza, right? Like he's talking about pizza. And then I was like, but didn't they mention pizza earlier? So I guess it made sense that he says a burrito, but I was like, oh, a burrito. And then I was like, I could go for a burrito right now. You know, I mean it, he kind of he sold me on yeah. the burrito. Well, and then it doesn't even look that good when they no. get like he after he does this big pitch, right? You'd think it would be the, like the best looking burrito yeah. you'd ever had or seen in your life. You're like, oh yeah. yeah, that I see what the big deal was, and you're just like that thing. Like <laughs> this is what all the hype is ever go on. <laughs> they actually they actually went out and got a real burrito, not like one of those, <laughs> not, not like one of those commercial that. version burritos. <laughs> I thought it was soup in a bread bowl or something the way he was fucking explaining it. Soup yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting kind of like, oh, you got to get a mega burger from the peach. Bit. Like that. Right, no, right. Yeah. You got the soup, bit. and they eat the soup, and they eat the bowl. <laughs> so Dylan starts to talk about the leotards. Uh, Kelly drags him away. He's, you know, he's being a good boyfriend here. He's trying to help Brenda uh, push all the sales. The gang leaves. Trisha says she loves his friends. Brenda's making sales at the shop, and Deirdre comes in and greets the customer that Brenda's working mm. with. We find out her name is Joyce, and she's an old friend and customer of Deirdre. Um, so you know where this is headed right away. Basically, yep. Deirdre sells her some additional earrings to go with the other clothes she's buying and completely takes over the sale. This rips away the uh, clipboard from Brenda and mm-hmm. is going to take the commissions. And Brenda, to her credit, calls her out right in front of Joyce. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. And Deirdre says, sorry, it was a tough Christmas. I got a car payment to make. This is how it goes. And says, the girl, go get the box. Go get some boxes. And Brenda's just fuming. She is not happy. Brandon and Trisha at the Ice Dome. Brandon jokes about Trisha picking skating as a first date. But she says she did it because Brandon says he doesn't dance. And this is a way to, to get around and find a loophole there. She fires up some music. They go out and they skate. They flirt. They're doing some figure skating routines. 
in comes Kapinski. He's clapping. So he kind of makes a joke that Brandon needs some practice if he wants to be a figure skater. Uh, but he did okay. Kapinski tells us they've granted her a waiver to still go to nationals. So she has another <laughs> chance to make the finals. Who knows why? It's political, he says. Uh, this, again, like, I feel like they were trying to set up multiple times that this guy is, like, pulling some skis move. Like, I thought they were going to say, like, he had in his back pocket all the time. He's using it to get rid of Brandon. But, no, like, he, I guess she just really got a waiver. I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. Maybe I was, like, too scarred by cool runnings with the with the bad guy of that, you know. Uh, well, I think what had happened was uh, Tanya Harding blew her spot, so they had to turf mm-hmm. her and, and bring mm-hmm. in. This is before she's gotten desperate enough to order the hit on on Nancy, but you know that it was really to everyone's benefit that they changed the schedule and gave everyone another shot. You know, just two years later. Anyway, we're getting off. Um, so magically, Trisha has got uh, <laughs> another opportunity. <laughs> Everything's got to work out on this show. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm, I'm glad that they gave her some agency in the sense mm-hmm. that this is, this is something that she genuinely does care about and, and wants to continue pursuing, right. not that she's being, you know, forced into it or abused well, or if, whatever. If you think about it too, it doesn't feel like, I don't think it feels like they shoehorned her into this just to give Brandon mm-hmm. a girlfriend. It's like, this is her life. We're almost, we're almost, it, for once, we're not focused around Brandon's life. This is really an episode True. about Trisha's life that Brandon had. It's almost like another backdoor pilot in a way. Like, yeah, he kind of just right? insinuated himself into. Yeah, just it's almost like we had with the, with the what's her name, uh, Vivica Fox. Right, yeah, the the, uh, the ashes. Yes, right. You know, and it was Ro- like Robinson Robinson Ash. Right. That was yeah. The... It's, it's almost like that was a day in their life, and Brandon just kind of showed up. And like this feels like this is again about Trisha's journey. And Brandon's mm. just here for a day. So if you look at it from that perspective, like it makes a little bit more sense the mm-hmm. way things go, yeah. I think. Um, Kapinski says they need to be in Salt Lake in five days and they got to start practicing right now. He wants to reprogram everything because the judges know she got an exception. They're going to be gunning for her. And Brandon says, it's okay. Go practice. Or this date can wait. And Trisha throws out some ideas and away her and Coach K go, Keith. Mm. Um, I mean, I, th- this was a very long date. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's it started at school. Like I go a date at school? Question mark. Like he's <laughs> like, hey, why don't you why don't we come to school? And then they get a burrito, and then he's out there dancing. You know, like friends right. listen to endless love in the dark. You know that kind of thing. I mean, it was real, very much like that. But yeah, no. Um, I thought it was funny. Like at the in the middle of the date, Coach Coach K comes in. And he's like, we got to start right now. Let's right start. Now immediately and she's like can it wait until i i kiss this guy no we have to start right now like okay but i'm eating my first burrito but i yeah i haven't even passed my first burrito yet so yeah now she definitely passed that thing right away if she never had one then she ate that that thing did not last yeah, long that would have run right through her right yeah yeah very 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 nice though i mean you know wonderful wonderful date experience um i always like it when i always like it when somebody goes on a date and it's at a thing that they do all the time, yes. you know, like if you're a baseball player and you're going on a date with a girl and you bring it over a baseball field. So like hit balls, like, you know, why don't you try doing something different? Well, do you want to know what the, uh, the song was the real song used in this scene? Oh, was yes. it endless love? Please. It is not. It is not. Ah. 
Damn. You want to take any other guesses? Is it like, uh, is it that like take it to the limit? Like that nope, song? No, nope. it's a oh, little okay. bit more. Uh, it, it's a famous song from an '80s movie. A very oh. famous '80s movie. Um, is it like? Oh shit. Um, I'm all right. Ain't nobody going like me. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, okay. What is no, it? Ken, no Kenny Loggins, sadly. <laughs> oh. You can just imagine that play for this romantic ice skate. <laughs> It is not Danger Zone either. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I give up. Tim, do you have any guesses? Uh, no, just hit me with it. Well, think of I what they're doing. Think of what they're doing. So they're figure skating. <laughs> they're, they're ice skating. They're ice skating um, in, in a movie, a famous movie. Is it like, um, oh, is it like fucking Chicago or like Peter Cetera? Oh god, no it isn't. Are you serious? Oh, that makes sense now when he talks about dancing. Uh-huh. Okay, that makes sense. Alright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. When did Dirty Dancing come out? Was that like 88? Uh, 87, I believe. Yeah. Oh, I believe it's 87. So this is just a, a straight rip-off right there. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Cindy tries, to get, Cindy tries to get Brenda off for work. She's pouting. Cindy uh, kind of says what's going on. She tells Cindy what happened, how Deirdre ripped <laughs> off her $500 commission. Cindy says walking away from a bad situation is not quitting. And Brenda admits she's been obnoxious, but she just wanted to do service with a smile, like Grandpa always said. And that was something we had mentioned, but Brenda <laughs> brings that up throughout the episode that Grandpa Walsh always talked about. Uh, Grandpa Walsh. Service, uh-huh. uh, service with a smile. But Cindy says, well, that's what Grandpa said. But you know what Grandma said? Don't get mad, get even. So we got to <laughs> cook it up a scheme here. Uh, we go to Tracy Ross and in comes Cindy. All done uh-huh. up in her fancy clothes. Yeah. So not only are we <laughs> dipping into dirty dancing, we're also clearly going into pretty woman here. Cindy comes into the store. Uh, Deirdre dips out of a sale because she sees a mark when she knows one. She goes right up to Cindy. Cindy says she's ready to buy. We cut over to the dome. Brandon's struggling uh, through a practice. Jim and Dylan are all over him. Uh, Steve makes a good save. So it seems like Steve and Dylan are getting better and Brandon's uh, struggling with his focus. <laughs> Jim pulls him aside over to the bench and he asks about Trisha. Uh, Brandon says he's frustrated. He didn't even try and kiss her. And Jim says uh, that that's special when you don't try to kiss her. Apparently. That's special um, when you try not to fuck the girl in the first date. <laughs> there you go. It's special, special kind of love. Brandon asks why they didn't push him to skate competitively. And Jim says they did. They did encourage him. They just didn't push, but they encouraged and he says Cindy even met with one of the best coaches in the Midwest and asked, mm. and that coach said, Does your do you want a superstar or a son? And they chose son. And Brandon realizes he's okay with that decision. Brandon says he's done practicing and he's gonna go to work. And he thanks Jim for being there for him as always. Deirdre's still working over Cindy and asks Brenda if she's taking notes because this is a dream customer. She knows what she wants, she's got good taste, and she's ready to spend. And says it could be the largest single commission early in the what's turning out to be a very good year here in 1992. Cindy comes in. She's laughing off a parking ticket. Deirdre says she'll pay for the ticket. Don't worry about it. And she calls Brenda the girl. I'll send the girl to get you a coffee mm. or whatever. Cindy turns the tide. She starts to push back a little bit. Says, I don't need this dress. I don't need these earrings. I don't need this jacket. And shits on Deirdre. She says she's pushy. You're sanctimonious. And you're just trying to pad your commission while you're treating your employees badly. And says, thank you, though, for taking care of my parking ticket. 
Cindy leaves. Deirdre basically calls her a bitch. And Brenda just smiles. Uh, we go back to the peach pit. Brandon's working. In comes Trisha. She says, what's good to eat? And Brandon basically says, well, if you're looking for something low on cholesterol, you've come to the wrong place. <laughs> Trisha said uh, she made uh, Coach bring her there to say bye on her way to the airport to head to Salt Lake City. She apologizes to Brandon about the closed practice and uh, him not being able. You know, I think we missed that scene Uh Really quickly, we'll go back to it. A, a few minutes before this, Brandon got out of bed early, um, went to the dome. He's got his coffee. This is where Sally comes over. He's like, hey, Sally, what's up? And Sally tells Brandon the practice is closed, and it was Trisha's idea. So Brandon's a little, a little hurt at the peach pit later because he got kicked out of the practice. And she she's finally honest with him. She she gives him the Walter White. I did it for, I do it for me, not for my family. Um and she drives herself to be the best. Nobody else. She wants to be an Olympian. She wants to go pro. And she wants to be a star. And mm. Brandon says, okay, well, I guess I was just a distraction. I guess it was okay for me to be there early every morning and take what he could get. But she says, it's not fair to either of them. She said, it is not fair to you to have to just sit around for the scraps, basically. And to her to, to be concerned about it. She says, she'll always remember when Brandon gave her her first burrito. And he'll remember getting him to dance. And they finally have their first kiss. Mm. We then cut to the last scene. Brandon, Brenda, and Dylan are eating popcorn. They're on the couch watching the tryouts from Salt Lake City. Trisha nails it. Finally hits that big double axle. Uh, they're in awe as she does that. And Trisha gets interviewed after and mentions the burrito. And that's kind of her wink-wink to Brandon. Brandon blushes and says, I have the time of my life. And that line didn't quite make sense to me beforehand, <laughs> but a little bit more now right. uh, when he says it. So I thought it was a little corny. It is still corny, but I thought he meant it more like this was the love of my life. I had the time of my life. So at least there's like a reason he said it. It makes it a little bit better. Um, and that wraps us up, Tim. So what did you think of the, the home stretch here? Um, you know, I thought there was a missed opportunity when she recommitted herself to her training and skating career and whatnot. When she uh, pops into the peach pit, uh, what's good to eat here? I, I think a funny callback would have been if he had just said, uh, gum. <laughs> just, there's, no <laughs> way, there's no way she's eating anything from the peach right. at that point. We sell so, gum. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was a meter. Is that a lot of gum? <laughs> <laughs> Look, he was, he was chewing on, he was chomping away on some gum. At the he he kind of was. Yeah. I was like, I, mean, I was like, is he? Is this a thing where he needs to chew gum? Maybe it's his gum to con- just, maybe it was the gum to control his uh, cold sore. Maybe cold it was sore, like yeah. a yeah, it was like medication gum. Well, if you keep your mouth moving, it's it's difficult to focus on <laughs> on any one thing, such mm-hmm. as an imperfection, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, yeah, this wrap up is it is what it is. I want to say that weirdly enough, isn't this? <clears throat> like as much as we bitch about this being like a throwaway episode mm-hmm. don't they do that and, and we're getting ahead I, I realize but when they do like the senior breakfast the commencement thing at the end of the before graduation in the third season and they do a bunch of flashbacks right I want to say they do like a a slideshow of like all of Brandon's random love interests and yeah, that sounds they're familiar. like and they're like, which is, hey, were, were any of them, you know, which was the one that got away? And I want to say, like, you would think he's going to say, like, Emily Valentine, right? Right. And he says this chick, I think. 
And it's all it's one of those like gigantic, huh? <laughs> moments. But I, I kind of buy it though, watching this one back. Like he really was. I, I think it was her being so driven and athletic. Like, mm. he's such a sports guy. And, like, mm. her just being, like, this awesome athlete in the sport he likes, skating. Um, he was almost just, like, enthralled with her. And I she's super nice. You know I mean? Like, sport. there's no, yeah. like, back and forth. There's no ball. Like, she's just super nice you know i think it's part of it too you know she's innocent there is a bit of uh, like brandon is a little bit in love with himself at the end of the day right like and if he's gonna go for any if he's gonna fall hard for anybody of course it's gonna be someone who he sees a lot of himself and no pun intended um and and especially given the fact that they this kind of doesn't go very far i mean they're they get their kiss and it's more of a a goodbye farewell kiss than it is anything right so yeah i don't know it, it's weird though that the way that they call back to this mm. if i am I'm, i may be completely mis- misremembering because as we know this show has a massive mandela effect on us both <laughs> but i i did write that down because i, I want to revisit for later you know we we get to that landmark graduation episode uh, you know a season away and just see uh, let's see if this comes up again mm. keith you're gonna keep watching right i mean i feel like i'm hooked now sure yeah, yeah. you're hooked you're hooked i'm you hooked we well, can binge our podcast to catch up to where you are and then just watch <laughs> well you know that's uh that's always a that's always a plus i mean you know i'm gonna add this I'll add nine nine oh two one no so to the list of ever growing podcasts that I need to binge listen to. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. It's gonna be All awesome right. when I'm like telling people, I'm like, oh my god, have you seen this like new show out there, Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh? New to you? Great. Yeah. New to me. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to our awards. Um, I thought we were a little lacking on the best scene in this one, but I went with uh, Cindy Pretty Woman coming in and it was cool to see her back Brenda up and, and kind of slay it. Um, I will agree with it. Cindy is wearing a turban in that scene, by the way, yes. just to kind of she present is. the whole, she, she looks is. like, I, I don't know if y'all are going to get this right. This is bad. She looks like the, the woman that in crocodile Dundee that he like feels up. Uh, once he gets <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's the transvestite woman. <laughs> oh no. The one at the party that he thought was yeah, the a man. One, the one at the party yes. that he, yes. He, yes. It's like a totally inappropriate scene, but just absolutely. Visually, she, she looks like that. She liked it though. If I remember correctly, that woman was like, she, Oh, it was, it was, yeah, it was, um, yeah. unsolicited, but appreciated <laughs> nonetheless. Apparently, Nice. That's a good reference. Um, yeah. I was going to say, she looked more like Jackie Kennedy, like Jack, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Like she looked like Jackie yeah. O coming in. Like I was like, oh, that's a Jackie O vibe to me. But yeah, no, that's a good scene. I I agree. That's a, that's probably the best scene in the and this for kind of like the dumber of the two plot lines. I felt like that was <laughs> right. a good scene. Yeah. You know, like we're all getting mad at Brenda because she's trying to make sales. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. All right, most important scene. I I don't know. There was nothing really to further. So I just know Trisha decides to keep skating over Brandon. Um, because that could have really changed his trajectory if she stays around, right? But yeah. like, there was nothing within this that really was important to the long-term episodic nature of Nano. You could maybe argue Cindy taking Brenda's side, or 
Andrea getting screwed again by Brandon. <laughs> like, sorry, those are the only two things I can really think of. But if I am the... going to go ahead, Keith. Oh, I was going to say if there had been something um, duplicitous with the coach, I would have said Brendan saying, you know, this is what she she invited me. I think maybe right. we should ask what she wants. But since nothing ever happened with him, I would probably say, yeah, that was a throwaway line. You know, that was a red herring. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, maybe I, gonna, David buying the expensive gift for Donna. Yeah, just to kind of show you how committed, more or less, he is to her. Um, I, I think I'll I'll back you up, JT, with, on the condition that my memory holds true about this callback right. later. It it sort of elevates this episode, or at least this relationship, in importance, right? Um, and Brandon, because we're sitting and here right now, and, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're sitting here right now thinking, uh, this is just who cares. But to him, it, it's a much bigger deal than uh, I'm surprised they never brought her back, like, as a st- like, yeah, she's in town touring like a pro and Brandon uh, visits her or something, and she's made it, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, most 90s look, I went with Cindy doing the pretty woman cosplay, <laughs> like, that, that felt very of the era, yeah, yeah, Rich Cindy woman. in the turban for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Although I do like that Brendan had the his belt had the like had the thing that went down. Like, remember, you used to take the end of the tip of your belt that had like the metal buckle on it, and you would like you would tuck it so that it went down your pants instead of like in the end of the loop. I don't know. That was just a, that was a very nineties thing. I was, yes. looking, I was looking to ha- I was looking to see if he was wearing Z Cavaricis. To be honest, <laughs> I'm so, sure. Yeah, the. uh most 90s moment I went with, I think you referenced it earlier, Keith, where you're headed to a hockey player and a figure skater have a rivalry and then a romance. Like, yeah, like that was yeah. like very 90s right there. <laughs> That's an extremely 90s thing. Yeah. yeah. I I have a few. Yeah. I, overall, it's just the whole 90s um, figure skating culture, for, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Uh, but I also have a couple of honorable mentions, those being. Uh, Brenda and Brandon eating healthy choice ice cream at the kitchen table. <laughs> healthy mm. choice. Yeah, I don't think that's still around, but I remember that being kind of a big brand in the 90s. Yeah. And uh, at one point, um, L.A. Law got to mention another great yes. 90s <laughs> TV series. Yeah, Trisha says that's why she wants to be a lawyer or whatever. That's right, yeah. Uh, looks I mean, like healthy choice still, you can still get it at Sam's Club. Can you? Okay. Mm-hmm. They still make ice cream? Uh, I see ice cream, ice cream bars, pizza. Okay. Yeah, they get the whole gamut here. I was trying to look and see if uh, if um, Aaron Spelling had anything to do with LA Law, and then I was gonna like, and then I was gonna scream out like synergy to you guys, but Mm, I don't think he did. I don't think so. (laughs) LA Law does. I guess the name drop on Seinfeld around this time too, isn't it? When uh, it was a big show. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. uh, Leno was he on Tonight Show or whatever? And Jerry's on that that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. Anyway, about the, the uh, <laughs> even in the Mighty Ducks series, you have the hockey player figure skater romance, Julie the Cat, Gaffney, and all that. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. It's you know what? Trope. It's got to just be that that star-crossed lover thing. That's just an irresistible trope to sort of yep. do when you have either okay, hockey player needs a romance, or figure skater needs a romance. Mm-hmm. What do we? It's it's like too cutesy not to do it, right? Hmm. If I'm a writer, you know what I mean? Right, right. You're going to have to. 
Well, because uh, it gives you it gives you the opportunity to have like a female doing something athletic that's not like cheerleading, you know. Mm-hmm. So like it's giving it's presenting a woman with an actual like physical sport that like people mm-hmm. respect and look up to and stuff. So and it's a and it's a good it, you know they're both on skates they can you can do that goofy skating dancing routine yep. where they're out together and stuff you know yeah so it it, it works it, it works that way I mean. What are you gonna do? I mean, I guess today, today's day and age, you could do like basketball, maybe. I don't know, where it's like Probably. a female basketball player and a male basketball player, but that wasn't as big in the '90s. So, or the you could do dancing. Was it uh, save the last dance? Sort of. Oh God, yeah, like oh God, all the 2000s, all the friggin' dance movies. Or cheerleading, bring it on. Yeah. You can, uh, yeah. Step up, uh, dodgeball. Yep. All right, anyway, yeah, uh, best six with uh, stick it. Uh, yep, yep, that's right. Yep. Okay. Uh, best lesson learned. I just want if you want it, you gotta you gotta want it. Like so, if you want to, you want, it, if you want you to become want an Olympian, it. you gotta really want to be an Olympian. You can't mm-hmm. just you're not getting pushed along deep down. And if you and if you want your car, you really need to do sales. So. That's it. That's it. Well, um, <laughs> does Brenda even learn a lesson? Sales sucks. I mean, what, what's really? Uh, I guess she learned that. <laughs> I mean, more one. like don't. Again, she kind of gets duped by it. It. This has happened a few times where she. She falls for the cool, powerful, yeah. strong woman, but Cindy is that woman in her life, and she doesn't recognize it, right? Yeah. Like we saw it with yeah. Jackie, even in season one, right? She's kind of enthralled by Jackie, uh, but really yeah. Cindy's. So this is like the third or fourth time now that Brenda's kind of that she's found a different role model, yeah. and Cindy's been there in the end to bail her out. Sound like her grandma was a good role model too, you know? Yes, yes. So I guess that could be the advice. Uh, it's like the the like, strong even, independent back, woman, yeah, the, the strong <clears throat> independent woman you're admiring and aspiring to be is right there in front of your fucking face, and right. you mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. have to learn this lesson over and over again. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Bren. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Bren. Uh, <laughs> best hookup was very clearly Brandon and Trisha. Yep. Yeah, I do like David um, kind of necking with Donna a little bit. But, yeah, uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, I guess the payoff. Brandon and Trisha with a kiss at the end. Bigger, yeah. Uh, best quote. I don't know wasn't too many in this one. I just went with, must be the resident prima donna. Every rank has one for Brandon. It said so confidently. <laughs> I, I had, oh my God, let me buy you your first Twinkie. Yeah, and, well. and then also, and then also I'll, I'll always remember you as the guy who gave me my first burrito. <laughs> hey, you know what? In, in keeping with the food conversation, we've got, Appropriately enough for this show, Dylan just, just telling telling Trisha, dim sum from Chin Chin. Yes. <laughs> dim sum. A little dim sum and a little dim sum from Chin Chin. Um all right, final grade. I, I went five and a half out of ten. I, I mean it was as yeah. mid as it gets, but I gave it a little bump because I it actually went pretty quick. And to their credit, we didn't go beyond what these stories were. We have we're only at the ice dome at, at at the store, at the Walsh house, and it's cool. Like, it's tight. There's only four places we are. We kind of left the, the supporting characters to the side. We didn't try and shoehorn them all in too much. Um, but it also feels evolved from season one, where, like, season one was loaded with just Walsh twin stories. And this kind of felt like a throwback in a way. But it feels a little bit more evolved because the other side characters are more there. Yes. Um, I would agree with that. This While this does feel like a total holdover script from the first season. Mm-hmm. At least it does make fairly good use of the extended cast. You know, the gang is all here for the most part. Um, 
I, I'm just going to give it a five. Um, mm. Not that I feel tremendously differently. I just, I, I just think that's a good baseline as far as a, as you said, very mid episode of this series. And I, I, I don't know, like something would have to be like really actively bad or offensive to, you know, dip below this. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just where I kind of settled in. Uh, I would probably either split the difference with you two or just go with five, five and a half mm-hmm. as well. I mean, I, I liked that it. it wasn't, uh, it wasn't overly like drama E, you know, like it was a pretty good, yeah. It was a pretty good episode. It was, yeah. it was fun. It was quick. It wasn't, it wasn't too painful to watch. I know the show can get very drama E. So mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, good. You know? No, I mean it was the definition of a filler, and but I did it moved quick. I did, I never find myself bored with it. I'll say that like it it kind of mm-hmm. just moved along. Yeah, um, I mean I was kind of prepared for like another fifteen minutes when we right. credits are roll, and I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, did yeah. did I miss the mm. end of this or something? All right, let's get to our trackers. Uh, new characters: we had Trisha Kinney, Mister Kapinski, Joyce, and Sally. I think that was it. Okay. Uh, relationships, we had Brandon and Trisha. Uh, places and things, uh, Ice Dome, I believe, is the only thing that really debuted here. Well, yeah, we had uh, Tracy Ross last episode, so. Right, right. Uh, for songs, we mentioned it was I've Had the Time of My Life, and also Judy in Disguise with Glasses was playing at the Peach Pit when David gave Donna a present, so there you go. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, let's get to our rankings. So we pre-ranked here, so I'm going to read them through. We can talk about it for a bit if we want. Uh, Nat, Jackie, Mel, Emily, Scott, Iris, Henry all get zeros, not being in this episode. So Steve at the bottom gets eight. <laughs> so not a strong performance, but a lot of points for him. David gets right. nine. He's next for us. Then Andrea with ten. Uh, we debated Andrea and David a little bit, but we decided Andrea is the only one that really had any kind of episodic storyline advancement in this, with her mm-hmm. being again you know, put in the corner by Brandon. As so, usual. yeah, uh, Donna above her at eleven. Then Kelly. Then Dylan, who I thought was the best of the secondary characters. I thought he was funny, trying to like make the sales for Brenda and and with his kind of couple <laughs> one liners he had. And the laugh at Steve was funny too. Yeah. No. Um. Then the top four of the Walshes. We went Jim, then Cindy, then Brenda, then Brandon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm this like, one's pretty easy ranking yeah. wise. I mean, you can go back and forth on a few of these, but it's like they. They stack up pretty much um, in the way you would expect in terms of like screen time kind of correlates to um, their contribution, which is not always the case, but pretty cut and dry in this one. All right. So here's our season two overall rankings. We have Iris at 16, Mel at 28, Jackie at 34, Scott at 38, Henry at 47, Nat at 66. Emily's at 94. We get our big jump up to Cindy at 171. Andre at 172. Jim and Donna tied at 173. David is at 181. Kelly at 185. Steve at 191. Then we jump to our top three. Dylan at 233. Brenda at 247. Brandon pacing the way at 268. And then if we go to the all-time rankings, we have Iris at 16. Mel at 28. Henry and Jackie tied at... I'm sorry, no. Yeah, Henry and Jackie tied at 46. Seven, it looks like. Okay. Uh, Emily's at 94. Scott's at 102. Nat at 116. 
jump up to Donna, still in her own little universe at 254. David's at 307. Andrea's at 315. Jim at 331. Cindy at 338. Kelly at 354. Steve at 382. Dylan at 392. Brenda at 490. And Brandon still leading the way at 509. Total points, lifetime on our standings. Keith, I want to thank you for joining us, buddy. We'll have you back soon, of course, as you continue your 902 journey. Thank you. Look forward to it. It's always sure. a pleasure, gentlemen. Great to talk to you as always. Be sure to check out everything uh, at the North South Connection and, of course, Police TV Nation and here on 902 No So. If you have any friends or family that are big Beverly Hills 902 fans, be sure to share it and provide us any feedback as well. We have a Facebook group if you search 902 No So. We're also on Instagram. You can reach out to us there too. So, Tim, we'll talk to you in three weeks with our next episode. Until then, have a little dim sum, a little dim sum, and we'll talk to you soon. Good job. Yeah. 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 Yeah.